Do you love your job? Do, do you hate your job? Do you not really care? And you just kind of like, gotta work and earn the money and get on with life. <laughs> this week, I'm chatting to career life coach Randy Roberts. Now, we're going to be talking about what it feels like to be fulfilled in our work and also what it feels like not to be fulfilled. We also chat things like workplace culture, job expectations, and if it's okay not to be fulfilled. I know folk who absolutely hate their jobs but earn loads of money and they don't care. Could you do that? I couldn't do that myself. There's a bunch of links in the show notes, so give those a quick tap. Subscribe if you enjoy the episode. Let's get to it. Hi, Randy. Hi, John. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for doing this. I'm, um, I, I, we're going to dig into fulfillment in jobs. Are you fulfilled in your job? Do you love what you do? Do you wake up every morning and the sun is shining? Do I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Almost every morning. And that's, that's my whole reason for being. I mean, this is in my second career. And when I recognized that my first career was no longer doing it for me in that way, I had to make a change. And absolutely, my answer is yes. So you didn't like your first career? I loved it for about mm. 30 years until one day I didn't. Yeah. What do you think changed? Well, it took a while for me to figure it out. Um, I know that for me, I have always needed to do some good while I'm doing well. Yeah. And doing good, the doing good part has looked different. It's been satisfied in different ways at different times of my life. And so my first career was in pharmaceuticals and the doing good piece was absolutely about making people's lives healthier and, yeah. and extending their lives and, and you know, all, that noble cause. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. then I was with um, a big hierarchical organization. I had gotten to a significant uh, level there. And what I found was I was so internally focused yeah. that I was too yeah. far away from that good yeah. that we yeah. did. did. And yeah. it's, as I said, it took me a while, it took me some soul searching and some inner work to realize that. And once I did, I knew I just had to make a change. Well, I'll tell you what, let me give you 30 seconds right now to tell us what you do now and um, how you do it, starting about now. My pleasure. So I'm I'm Randy Roberts. I run Randy Roberts Coaching. And my focus is both executive coaching, which is helping people overcome obstacles or in some way put their foot on the gas to achieve their big goals that much more quickly. And I also do work that I call career life coaching because I believe that Everyone deserves to love their work while they're achieving their goals. And so I work with people on that as well. The pressure. There's a lot of pressure there, isn't there? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I got close. <laughs> give, give me your website. Where can we find you? My website is randyrobertscoaching.com. It's R-A-N-D-I-R-O-B-E-R-T-S coaching.com. Fantastic. I'll stick a link in the show notes so folks can tap on that. Definitely. Thank you. So fulfillment, being fulfilled with your work, waking up and just looking forward to the day. Um, how many people do you think actually do that? No, I don't think it's many. You don't think it's many. I, mm. I don't think it's as many as 
it should be, it could be. I, you know, honestly, I've never really thought about what's the number or what's the percentage. I mm. would say it's less than half. Yeah. You really? You, you think most people like what they do? I do. I do. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it's a continuum. You got to catch them at different times because sometimes people love what they do as, as I experienced until something changes either yeah. within them or within the situation. But I, I do think, you know, perhaps my bias is that many of the people that seek me out for coaching did once feel that way and recognize that they're no longer as on fire about it as they were. Yeah. And they want that back. Yes. Yeah. They want to want the, do, do, do you find uh, it, um, and the most polite way of putting, it, are they older people who come to you? <laughs> Have they, are they, are they trying to feel like they did when they were 25 and they loved it? My definition of older has changed over the years, John. <laughs> yeah. And um, they, I do think that it's people that have some, at least some degree of experience, because I think yeah. you need to, you, well, people would seek out someone with my experience once they're, you know, at a certain point in their career. But I think that you need a bit of experience to learn what works for you and what doesn't. And hopefully have that experience of absolutely loving it, at least at one point, so you can do some of the work to figure out what works for you and yeah. what doesn't. But we need to be aware that these things can change at different times in our lives. Yes. You know, you go through these significant phases and what you need and the values that are maybe highest priority to serve can change over your life. Yeah, so it's the, important yeah, to stand, stand it, it does. It, it's You're absolutely right. I mean, I, I think I mentioned it on, a, on an episode a few weeks ago where I, I, I spent most of my youth wanting to work in, in radio and TV. And then I got it and I, and I did it for about, I don't know, 15, 17 years or something. And then I kind of like went, eh, you know, I've had enough now. Whereas if you'd have asked me when I was 20, I'd have been doing that into the, the you know, I'd have been, I, I actually have, remember having a conversation saying, I hope I die on air. Wow. You know, I but, hope. But, I not, hope the, but not right then, right? Not, not right then, but I, I hope that I'm like, 90 still yeah. doing it yeah. do you know what i mean but then, i do know what you mean and so you yeah. felt that at one mm. time and then yeah. you knew when you no longer felt that felt that exactly yeah. yeah yeah so so what do you think it feels like to be fulfilled with your work if you had to kind of describe being fulfilled what would it be I think it's it's a state of like the way i describe it for myself and i see this in clients is jumping out of bed before the alarm every morning mm. being excited about monday yeah it's that kind of thing it's being um you know exhausted at the end of the day in a good way yes if you've heard people describe it that way i think I that have. like and and i describe the feeling because that's sometimes how you can tell whether you have it or you don't is that feeling and and the result of it is in the workplace, you are bringing your best. Yeah. You're in that productive zone. You're focused on the things that really matter and you are bringing everything you've got to the endeavor. So not only is it important for you, but it's important for those around you and the company that you're working for. Leaders should care about this. Mm. I like that. I like what you say about f feeling 
tired in a good way. Um, it, it's kind of like feeling tired because you've accomplished something. You think to yourself, I, I've worked hard today, I've accomplished something, instead of just feeling completely worn out and beaten. Yeah, exa- exactly. And, you know, a way that sometimes you can tell if that's waning, if you're if you're losing that, is if the things that excited you now are exhausting for you. Yeah. So how do you think feeling unfulfilled in a job um, it affects your pro- productivity if you're unfulfilled? How, how do you think it affects us? I, I think it has a tremendous amount on productivity, impact on productivity mm. because things take you longer. Yeah. It just takes longer to get through things when you're not excited about them. Yeah. And you may sort of, you know, put your head down and, and just push through it to get it done. Whereas if you are excited about it and, and fulfilled by it, you may seek out others to make it even better, mm. to make sure you're getting the best thinking in on it, to make sure people are bought in and it will have legs after you create it so that it actually gets implemented. So, you know, that drive is built into fulfillment. You don't have to seek it out. Nobody has to push you. You're driven. Is it like being in the zone, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, that's another way to yeah. describe it, for sure. Yeah, just having that flow where you just mm-hmm. you just get it done. It just happens, doesn't it? You yeah. just get it done. Yeah. And and it happens at a much better quality. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. And it happens faster because it is astonishing how much we can actually accomplish in one day if we actually stop looking at our phones. <laughs> you know. True. And, yeah. True. Yeah. I'm guilty of that myself at times. So I ask the same three questions to everybody who comes on the podcast. And the first one is, what's your number one productivity tip? The one thing that that you give to everybody. I mean, a productivity tip really is to just get started on, like pick something that needs to be done and get it going because movement gets, Mm. gets you in movement. And sometimes we can spend a lot of time just dragging out the getting ready to be ready to get something done. Yeah. Momentum, isn't it? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. If Once you started, you can, it's easier to keep going, isn't it, I think? Yeah, absolutely. Do, do, Sometimes do you, the getting started is the hardest thing. Yeah. Do, do you start with hard things in the morning? Do you start start with kind of like the things you don't want to do first thing? Um, Not always. I mean, I'm one of these weird people, and obviously we're in an electronic world and everything's mm. on the computer. I still like to keep a to-do list on paper and pencil, mm. pen. Yeah, a lot of people and, do. Yeah, it, it's very satisfying for me to cross things off the list. And so I don't always start with the hardest things. Sometimes my way of getting in momentum is to start with something easy. And then I get to cross it off. And, and that sense of accomplishment is ridiculously satisfying. It is, yeah. It's much better than just ticking a box, isn't it, on the on your screen? It, it works for me. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Do you think workplace culture impacts in in fulfillment in jobs. I do. I absolutely do. Because people, I, I had a meeting with a client just an hour ago about culture and how that was, it was draining her and she didn't mm. feel the same connection to either the team or the company. And she wasn't, you know, there there were times when she wanted to help to the extent that she would put herself last, uh, you know, and, mm. and you could take that too far. 
she wasn't in that place because the culture was really wearing her down. I think it makes a huge difference in productivity. What do and you what, think? But yeah, I, I oh, I, I absolutely. I, I think it does. I think, I think the people are you surrounded with and how the the energy that that they have d- during their workday Im- impacts you hugely. Um, immense. I think. Um, I mean, I mean, my advice because I've done rubbish jobs. I mean, the main reason I started working for myself was because I did so many jobs working for so many awful people. Um, and, and, it, and, it, and I just thought, I can't do this throughout the whole of my life. It's just, it's not, I would always recommend people just to get another job. Mm. Yeah. You know, it, the interesting thing about it, John, is yes, sometimes the answer is to get another job, but it's really important to identify what's working and what isn't in mm. your current situation. Otherwise, you may take the problem with you. And on the other hand, if you know what's working and what isn't, you may be able to make changes right where you are. And mm. there can be some big financial reasons to stay where you are. Um, so th- I think that that inner exploration is important before you make a change if you can you know Mm. sometimes you're in a situation that's toxic or intolerable or your job goes away you know for for reasons outside of you then obviously your motivation is different but if you have the time i think it's worth doing that exploration before you make the move yeah when 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 you talk to people who kind of kind of get fed up and will go and work on work for themselves, work on their own. Do, do you find they are the type of people who have been sat there doing jobs where they're thinking to themselves, why is everybody doing it like this? It's so much better if you do it like this. And then they go and do it themselves. I, I have found that for sure. I think there are people that are oriented towards being part of a team and being mm. somewhere where there's already structure. And then there are people that are more entrepreneurial and succeed very well for themselves. You just have to know yourself. Yeah. So, so would, would you have some levels in sort of like, I don't know, we, we use the, the words toxic workplace an awful lot nowadays, but I suppose there's various different levels to that. There's, I suppose right at the bottom, there's kind of like the grumbling, the, the oh, I don't really like it. I don't really get on with my manager very well. I don't, you know, all the way up to, you know, illegal activity going on, criminal behaviour going on. Yeah. And you're having to deal with that. Do you think the answer is different depending on the different level of of problem? I do. I do. And and the the level is in the eye of the beholder to mm. uh you know paraphrase a, a statement. There are things that that I might be able to tolerate that you might not for example. Sure. So it's important to know that in yourself. I mean, but you're you're right to think about it that way and that may be helpful for some people to think about What's the level at which you can tolerate and where is that line? Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, I, I mean, the one thing that drove me was, was having a manager who would literally shriek at you in your face, six inches away from your face, and he would spit over you whilst he was doing it. Yeah, I mean, that nobody it's, gets to do that to me. Exactly. You know, right yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. And, and that is leave your job, I think. Yes, yeah. And that, you know, the thing I don't want to lose sight of, John, is there's privilege associated with that, if you will. Like if you're in a situation where, you know, you you have you may be dependent on that to pay the rent or mortgage or mm. provide benefits for your family or something like there are times when you it's just not that easy. But if you're in a fortunate position where mm. you have the flexibility to do that, 
yeah, that would be me walking yeah. for sure. Yeah. And is this where, where you kind of like take control of these things yourself? So instead of waiting for opportunities to come up, you start thinking to yourself, I, I've got to actually make it almost like a, a part time job to find another job, to find another path somewhere. Yeah, I think it's a really good point. And I have had that conversation with people frequently that, you know, when you're in that place of, you could call it non-fulfillment. On the other hand, it could be even all the way to a, a somewhat toxic situation. If you're not engaged and you're finding yourself, you know, distracting yourself by whatever means you do that, you're not being terribly productive it does free up time to find mm. a job to do that search and so in a way that can feel better because then if you're putting that energy into something more productive which is your future um that right there can help a bit in terms of making you satisfied it's kind of a, a weird way to look at it but i have found it to be true yeah do you think we need to take more control over our future because we, we do hear about people moving jobs an, an awful lot more um, than they used to. I was talking to somebody earlier. I was recording the episode earlier on, and I was saying that you used you used to find people who, who work for the same company for like twenty five years. They'd, they'd have like a watch as a twenty twenty fifth anniversary, like a gold watch or something. And that doesn't happen anymore, does it? No, it really doesn't. Things have changed a lot, and I think I think there's a lot of freedom to that. Like people know about themselves if there's someone that wants to stay at the pla same place for a long time. And if the situation works, that's great. Especially if it's a public company, you may have vested stock, you know, those kinds of things. Um, if that works for you, that's wonderful. But I think it's much less common now. People do move around a little bit more. And, and to the point you made at the beginning, I think all of us want to be in the driver's seat of our own career. No one is going to look out for us the way we would. No matter how great your boss is, mm. no matter how invested in development and advancement your company is, no one can advocate for you the way you can for yourself. And, you know, I think it's really important for us to own that. The second question I ask everybody who comes on the pod is what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? It could be like a, I don't know, life advice, something from a mentor or something. What, what, what you've been told? I think, you know, it's interesting because this, this answer has changed a little bit over time. Mm -hmm. I think one of the best pieces of guidance is, and you're going to laugh, <laughs> this came from Ted Lasso, so it's fairly recently, <laughs> is stay curious not judgmental yeah because that puts you in a learning framework from uh, learning about where others are coming from learning about someone else's perspective or learning subject matter or, or a new skill if you stay open if you stay curious it just i just see it serving so many people so well in in many different ways do you think we are more judgmental nowadays I don't know about nowadays, but I think in general, many people are judgmental it, and maybe it's just human nature. It's where yeah. we go. I find myself doing it. I think I'm an open-minded person and I'm always looking to learn, but yeah. you know, we do form opinions. And yeah. so the ability to challenge that a little bit um, is very healthy for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think um, social media has probably just made it sound a lot, a lot louder and a lot worse than it is because people judging people on appearance on whatever at all that's always been there since the year dot hasn't it the romans were doing it <laughs> yeah i do think social media 
um, feeds that because we can be we can feel anonymous and so maybe not as connected to the harm that we may be doing. Mm. So do you think trying to understand the people in our workplace who are maybe we think are making our lives miserable, do you think trying to understand them a little bit might might help? I do, because I think look, there are some, but most people don't want to make someone else's life miserable. Sure. And so sometimes it's inadvertent. Sometimes if we understood where the behavior was coming from, it might help us to address it, or it might help us to work with them and find a solution. Look, there's some people that, you know, it's just a non-starter. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's worth a try. Yeah. Do you think expectations um, play a part in, in fulfillment and, and, and feeling fulfilled? That, that we, we may expect something more of our employer or, or our expectations don't match somewhere? I think expectations are a big part of it mm. because... We may be, and they, it can go one way or the other. Our expectations may be very low, either due to, um, a, you know, our own lived experience or, or lack of comfort advocating for ourselves or whatever. So the expectations may be too low. On the other hand, if our expectations are too high, or at least at that time, you know, if someone hmm. is somewhat new in their career and they're expecting to have achieved a high-level position without having to... I don't want to say pay your dues because I don't mean it that way, but learn mm. the skills, get the experience that's required. If we're setting ourselves up for that, it's going to be really hard to be fulfilled. Yeah. Do, do you think more employers and more more managers, I suppose, should say thank you to people more? I I, th I think maybe in life in general, we should <laughs> say thank you and show appreciation a, a bit yeah. more. I think I think it's true, but for the right things. Like yeah. I have also seen situations where they say it so often or they express uh, appreciation for contribution that may be at the level of expectation. You can still thank someone for it. That's a lovely thing to do. But if you are, um, you know, giving the uh, the gold star, whatever mm. that looks like, to mediocre work, you may be setting an expectation that will lead to a mediocre output in general. So I think you need to be a little careful. Yeah, yeah. I always remember when I was about, oh God, this is going back many years. When I was about 17, 18, I was working for somebody and uh, and every now and then, well, quite a lot to be fair, we'd have to hang on after hours until maybe eight, nine o'clock at night or something. But he always used to turn around and he used to say, take your girlfriend out, have a nice meal or something, bring me the receipt and I'll give you the money just as a thank you. And, and That's was, lovely. And it was just really nice instead of just expecting you to stay there until nine o'clock sort of thing yeah. for, for his you know, benefit. I, I mean, I think appreciation for the, the effort that's put in, the contribution mm. made is a really important leadership skill. So I definitely think that the world could use a bit more of it. Yeah. Do you think it's OK to feel completely unfulfilled in your job as long as you're earning good money? And you're doing what you want to do in your personal life. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. we all decide for ourselves what what that motivator is. And for some people, if the money, the security, whatever that is, yeah. is the driver, that may be fine. But the, the money is never just money. Money yeah. is what it represents in our lives. It, it may be security. It may be 
validation of the value we're putting out there in the world. It may be a marker of I'm making more now than I was last year, whatever. But if, if the, you know, the salary, whatever that means to you is the thing that keeps you there and you're happy in the rest of your life. Good for you. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Yeah, I, very rare. I do know somebody. Um, it, it's it, you couldn't. It, I think it takes a very special type of person to kind of like hate their job and what they do, but be paid really well for it, and yeah. and and just accept that. Accept that. Accept the fact that I got bucket loads of money, even though I hate it. Yeah, I just, I guess where my mind goes is, you know, bucket loads is is relative. If you mm. really have bucket loads and you're one of those people that can. Mm. Yeah. can not work, then my God, why would you stay in something that makes you miserable? How happy could your life be yeah. if you were doing something that didn't make you miserable? Maybe the bucket never fills. Maybe the bucket keeps getting bigger and it needs to be filled more. I've definitely seen that. Yeah. And then the 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 things that the money gives you or the status or whatever may yeah. be the driver. And, and in that way, maybe you're not so miserable. Yeah, at yeah, yeah, I do. Actually, coming to think of it, I do know somebody else who, who kind of like doesn't really enjoy their job much, but they, they really do like the fact that they have a brand spanking new four-wheel drive BMW every year. You know, the latest, latest electric model sort of thing that does all sorts. They love that. Yeah. It's mm. a matter of matching up your motivators with mm. what you're able to achieve and if that looks different for someone than it would for me you know good for them so, so the final question i ask everybody uh is what's your secret procrastination what's your favorite waste of time because we all waste time uh, we waste far too much of it what do you do to when you should be working what do you what do you what do you do well, it's interesting because it's not when I should be working because when I'm working, I love my work, so I'm working. <laughs> but in my off time, I I would describe what I do, waste time, yes, because I'd love to be reading great novels or getting together with friends and things like that. And I spend too much time watching TV and things that I've seen before because I know I like the ending. It's going to be a good experience. <laughs> that truly is a waste of time. But I guess I have my reasons for doing it. It's not really, though, is it? It's giving your brain a rest, isn't it? It's it's entertainment, I suppose. It's true. What's yours, John? I want to know yours. Oh, my procrastination at work uh, is is Google Maps holidays. I do Google Maps holidays. It can just be something quite... I could be interviewing somebody with a podcast or I could be having a meeting with somebody and they've just mentioned, oh, I went to this town in Italy or I went to France. And then I'll be in Google Maps Street View and I'll be checking out the little town and I'll be having a holiday there for half an hour. That sounds great. That <laughs> that it, Especially if you end up going there to some of them. That doesn't sound like a waste of time to me, but I get it. <laughs> the worst one I ever did was um, follow the Mississippi River all the way. I was interviewing somebody for the, for the podcast from, I think it was New Orleans, and I think that was where the Mississippi ends up. Yeah, that's and, where it goes into yeah. the Gulf. <laughs> and, and I was thinking to myself, Mississippi's a really long river. I wonder mm -hmm. where it started. So I followed the whole damn thing all the way, all the way back to this tiny little lake on the map in the middle of nowhere. And what a waste of time! But... <laughs> all right, I'll buy it. <laughs> uh, Randy, it's been fascinating chatting with you. Um, where can we find you? Where's your website again? Social media bits. Yes. So my website is randyrobertscoaching.com. 
R-A-N-D-I-R-O-B-E-R-T-S coaching.com. Um, and I'm also on LinkedIn, Randy Roberts. Um, and my, my email is Randy, R-A-N-D-I at Randy Roberts coaching.com. You could reach me through my website. Yeah, fantastic. I'll put some links in the show notes. Folks can tap oh, on One those. other thing I should mention, mm. John, I'm so sorry, is I do have my own podcast and YouTube channel, cool. which are Fulfilling Career, Happy Life. Right. I shall put a link to that in there as well, so folks can tap on that. Wonderful. Thank you. It's been lovely to talk to you. Yeah, it has. Thanks ever so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks again to Randy for a time. Don't forget to check out the links in the show notes. If you've enjoyed the episode, subscribe for more. You can find it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and absolutely everywhere. Just search for the Triple T Productivity Podcast. Thanks for listening.